I've shared with you guys Babbel before. I love Babbel because it is so easy and convenient to help you learn a new language. We have been doing so much more traveling over the last few years and we are unbelievably blessed, but I cannot tell you how embarrassing it is going to another country and not even knowing how to ask where the bathroom is, how to order food or where you're going. It is simple things or even a hello. I've shared with you guys that before that I had a TikTok video go viral because I didn't know how to say hello in Swedish and it was very embarrassing. So Babbel is absolutely phenomenal. I've shared them with you guys before. They do have a human two code for you guys. It is such a convenient course to help you learn even the basics or whatever extent you want to learn in a new language. And that's why I love Babbel. And that's why I want to share it with you guys. If you guys are doing the traveling game like we're doing, it is such a blessing to just be able to learn the basics and go further if you want to go further. There is a limited time deal right now for Human 2 listeners. You're going to get 55% off your Babbel subscription, and this is only for our listeners. So you are going to go to babbel.com slash human2. That is babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash human2, and that's going to get you 55% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hi, guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of I Think I Am Human 2. Unfortunately, this episode is going to be extremely, extremely different from, well, what I was starting with this podcast. Um, If you've been around for the last few weeks, I've talked about a couple different things. And last week, I took a week off because I lost my father unexpectedly. And if you follow me on any form of social media, I'm sure you've seen my dad, you know my dad, um, and you can't not love my dad. (laughs) So this episode is going to be wild. It's just going to be probably a lot of rambling and just me trying to form my thoughts. I didn't want to jump back into a new episode like everything was hunky-dory and I was just going to go on without even speaking on it. Clearly, a lot of people know that I lost him. I posted it on Instagram and TikTok and it's just been nonstop love and support from the community I've built. So I absolutely love that, but it didn't feel right just getting back into podcast recording like nothing's ever happened. Um, And obviously, you guys probably have a lot of questions and this is my safest space. And I say that because as soon as I post something on Instagram or TikTok, I just go in and I overanalyze everything I've posted um, just because... um, it's like it's my face and right now I'm just able to talk in a room I have no makeup on I've got sweats on I've been disgusting for a week and two days now but I do want to talk about my dad I want to talk about the man that he is or was um 
and I'm just going to be, I'm going to say whatever I want to say. So I do want to talk about the morning of and like the weekend leading up to it. So it is a little bit of detail there that I'm still processing through in my own head. And if you are not willing or ready to hear that, I suggest skipping this episode. So let's get into it. Um, my dad, and what's funny is last time I had posted an episode, I almost said last week, but it was two weeks ago now, um, I was starting talking about, um, or I wanted this week's episode, sorry, I wanted this week's episode to be about how to still have relationships with people that you have some internal issues with, maybe not necessarily, um, anger or rage or anything like that, but just like, Stuff's happened and and as a couple, as a relationship, friendship, partnership, whatever, um, whatever you want to describe as with another person, just how do you work through that? And one of the people was my dad and I love my dad so deeply. He was one of my absolute best friends, but there were some things that like we still butt heads on from like our past and I really was eager to, to bring him on here as a podcast person and just talk to him as a guest and just say like get some things out there and I'll never have that which is okay it's fine that's again we'll probably touch on this eventually in the later dates of this podcast and just kind of like okay having problems with someone and not being able to solve them long term whether it's a death whether it's um just going your separate ways whatever the case may be so we'll get to that eventually but I know that those are topics now that will be talked about eventually But I want to start by talking about the weekend of and explaining a little bit of what we know, what I saw, what happened, blah, blah, blah. So as you guys know, I have an older brother who's full blood and then I have two younger brothers that are half brothers. All of my siblings are shared with my dad and um, for my younger brothers, both of their 21st birthdays, I took them on a trip. Last year for Aaron's 21st, we took him to Nashville And for this year, Andrew turning 21, he chose to go to Colorado. And for this trip, it's always been the children, one of our cousins, and my biological mother, who is not Aaron and Andrew's mom, but they're very close with her. Um, And everyone's very close with my biological mother, like my cousin and my dad, we're so good friends with her. Um, So it was the eight of us on this trip. It was the four kids. So Will, Catherine, Aaron, Andrew, Sheila, my mom, Bill, my dad my cousin Eric. I've shared AG1 with you guys before and I tried out AG1 originally because it was one scoop of 75 minerals, supplements, and probiotics that you just add to your morning water. So I drink AG1 every single morning before I get my day started, whether I'm on the go, whether I'm at home, it does not matter. I just feel good about putting something in my body that's going to help it and just feel good about my body. So I do have a human two listeners code for you guys. If you want to try out AG1, you are going to go to drinkag1.com slash human two. That's drinkag1.com slash human two. And you are going to get a free one year supply of vitamin D and a five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So I hope you check them out and I hope you love them as much as we do. Why not make your routine more simple? Who am I missing? Oh, and my husband, Raphael. So all of us are on this trip. The only one that made it to this trip that wasn't at last trip was the baby. Obviously, Andrew just turned 21. That's why we were going to celebrate and Andrew turned 
21 on Halloween, we went out for a family dinner and then we were all just kind of preparing for all of us to head out of town for Denver for four days. So my dad is one of those people and he's always been this way no matter what. He's a backer outer. Like he'll plan something, he'll invite people, he'll say something. He just comes up with all these immaculate plans. I think this was his undiagnosed ADHD where he comes up with these wild ideas and then when something comes time to do it, he backs out and cancels. So throughout the 25, 26 years of my life, um, and I'm speaking for all my brothers as well, My we all know that my dad has made a lot of promises and came up with a lot of ideas that he didn't really fall through with. But as us kids got older and we we recognized his um, his routines and his habits, we started kicking them. And he knew that. He knew that like we were at a stage in our life where we weren't going to let our dad no longer go and do what what he agreed to. We really hold him to his word now or did. And Colorado was coming up and he had kept making comments about like not wanting to go or not going. And he was like, nope, I'm broke. Sorry, because him and my stepmom are building a brand new house and they're looking at moving and all these things were like transpiring in the background. And I think my dad was just kind of exhausted mentally and physically. But he knew none of us kids were going to let that slide. So he packed up. We went to Denver anyways. And now looking back at the weekend, um, I don't think he looked well. And these are like thoughts that we'll have probably for the rest of our lives of did he go because he knew we wouldn't let him back out? Um, Did he know he didn't feel well? Did he... um, Yeah, I don't know. So that's one thing that kind of has been weighing heavily on myself and my husband specifically. I don't, I can't speak for the other people in the group, but looking back, we just keep saying like, I wish we would have noticed signs of him maybe slowing down. One of our first nights in the house, uh, actually the first night we had gotten home or like to the Airbnb, um, which mind you, it was a wonderful Airbnb. It was absolutely beautiful, but it was three stories. And so you walk into the main level and the day that we had gotten there, my dad was complaining of a really bad headache and my dad and I get this similar headache. I'm sorry if you hear Hadley chewing on her uh, toy in the background, but my dad and I get this similar headache and it starts in our lower right shoulder blade and it'll kind of creep its way up into like the lower right shoulder and then into the lower right neck and then it starts to become this like full-blown headache and I know exactly where this pain is that my dad gets because I get the exact same thing and I always joke with my husband because when my husband rubs my shoulders I'm like you don't do it like my dad does like that TikTok you don't do it like my daddy does um so I kind of make that joke with him I have shared natural cycles with you guys time and time again. I'm the biggest advocate for it. Before I heard about natural cycles, I didn't know that birth control was an option like this. There was, I did not know that. So I thought you had to take a pill. You had to have an IUD. You had to have something along those lines and, or you just had to be abstinent because we are not trying to conceive a child. So we are using natural cycles as a prevention. Some people use it to get pregnant. It's very important to know when you're ovulating again, because you either are going to prevent or you're going to conceive. That is completely up to you. That's what the app is all about. The science behind it is absolutely amazing. Dr. Berglund is a female physicist and she put 
her whole life into this. That is absolutely amazing. She's a Nobel Prize winner. She is a boss babe out there. So we absolutely love that about her, especially here at Human 2. I am so excited to be able to work with them to advocate for women out there that are looking to know more about their body, what goes in it, what comes out of it, how we can take control over our own health instead of having to rely on other people to do so. So I absolutely love Natural Cycles. I've shared it so many times. I will continue to rave about them. And I love that they also have given you guys a code for an annual subscription with them. So you guys can test them out, try them out, take control again over your own health, your own reproductive, whatever the case may be. And just learn the app is filled with so many fun things to learn about your periods, uh, moods, working out around your period, things along those lines. Again, I cannot speak highly enough about natural cycles. Let me get the code that they shared with human to listeners. You are going to go to naturalcycles.com and use my code Catherine, and that's going to get you 20% off your annual subscription and a free thermometer. So again, that's naturalcycles.com and use code Catherine. You can also go to naturalcycles.app slash Catherine, or again, you can just go to naturalcycles.com and use the code Catherine. Again, that's going to get you 20% off your annual subscription and also a free thermometer. So if you do not have an Apple watch and or an aura ring, you can still track as well. So I did just want to preface this by saying natural cycles is for 18 plus and it does not protect against STIs. And so the day that we had landed, he was complaining about this pain and I was like, here, come sit down. I will rub it out for you because I can fully understand where it's coming from. And he was kind of complaining that his right arm was going numb from it and a little bit tingly. And again, these are things that like I experience with that same headache Um, and I get it up through like the right side of my face sometimes and even into like my right eye. So I know exactly the feeling that he was talking about. And I sat there for probably about 20 minutes on Saturday night, just kind of like rubbing his shoulder and like his back and just like really digging deep into where I can feel or I can, I can get, um, so I could release some of that pressure for him. And then I put some icy hot on him and, um, the kids went out. So all of us went out. We left our dad at home. Um, my dad does not smoke. He does not drink. And I know that like, um, I'll get to that in a little bit, but my dad does not smoke. He doesn't drink. He, he does drink every once in a while. He's not a heavy drinker. He loves espresso martinis. That was like our thing. Um, because my brother and I loved espresso martinis and we got my dad hooked on them. But anyways, all in all, my dad is a pretty healthy guy. He would always say like just a little bit overweight. Um, so we went out Saturday night, Sunday morning, we woke up again. We left my dad at home on Saturday night. He didn't want to go out to the bars, which is totally normal. He did that last year too. Did again, did not think anything of this. Sunday comes up. We're obviously in Denver. We drove into Boulder. My dad used to live in Boulder and he loves Boulder. So we went to Boulder. We did Boulder or we did breakfast in Boulder. And it was actually kind of funny because I even made a TikTok about this. My dad got recognized um, before I even got recognized while we were out to breakfast. And the girl was like, oh my God, it's Mr. Phil. And my dad was like raving. He thought he was so fun. Like he thought he was so cool because he's famous now. And um, so we're out to breakfast and he thought it was so cool. He was just like, he looked over at me. He's like, is this a game? Like, what do I say to them? And I'm like, dad, this is not a game. This is reality. Eat your breakfast. And the table ordered pumpkin espresso martinis. I know this was the morning time, but we're on vacation and my dad didn't get one. Another thing of like, "Mm, yeah, he's not a big drinker, but like nine times out of 10, he doesn't turn down an espresso martini. Whatever. We go on with the day. We go up into Estes Park. We go into this like 
the Stanley Hotel. Um, we're walking around and my dad, you could tell he was out of breath. And again, looking back, this was something we should have picked up on. Didn't think much of. My dad's not huge into exercise. My dad doesn't really do too, too much in life. Like he just, he's very regimented in his routine. And all of us kids, we felt fine. My mom felt fine, but my dad kept complaining about being like a little bit out of breath. Um, I won't even say a little bit. He was fully out of breath. And then by the time we were leaving Estes Park and going back down the mountain, um, he was kind of falling asleep in the car. Didn't think anything of this. This is a total Bill move. When he was up and talking with us, he was totally normal, laughing, joking, just having a grand old time, bitching about how everybody is so happy these days. And I have a video of him saying, back in my day, you wouldn't just sue. Now they're sue, sue, sue. And, and I have a whole video on it. It's actually kind of funny. But anyways, don't think anything of it. We stop it in and out on our way home. And the, oh my goodness. Sorry. So we stopped it in and out on our way home. And if you're the girls that like recorded and um, screamed my name, I just want to tell you how thankful I am for you because... We were all inside the In-N-Out and my dad again went outside for some fresh air. He didn't want any food. We kind of thought, I thought that was a little strange because I'm like, okay, he hasn't really eaten since breakfast. It's now dinner time. We didn't eat in Estes Park um, and we were headed back towards Denver and these two girls. So as my dad was standing outside, I came out to talk to him and just like make sure he was okay. And the whole rest of the group was inside waiting for their food And these two girls had recognized me and were like, oh my God, Catherine, blah, 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 as they were driving past. And it was very kind. And maybe to them it meant nothing, but that was the last um, follower encounter that my dad's seen. And he thought it was literally the coolest thing ever. He kept saying, in the middle of Colorado, like, because we weren't even in a big town. I don't even really remember the name of the town. Um, But we ended up getting dinner. We took it home. We ended up grabbing Krispy Kreme on our way home. And my dad wasn't eating anything. He grabbed one Krispy Kreme donut. And we all got back to the Airbnb. We're chilling on the couch. We were watching a Tennessee Titans game because this is Sunday night. I couldn't tell you who the Titans were playing that night. But I remember it being the Tennessee Titans. And we were all sitting on the couch. My dad said he was going to go up to bed. So he went up to bed. Sorry, the dogs are bored, clearly. Anyways, he went up to bed. And I ended up FaceTiming him and saying, like, no, come back downstairs. We want to hang out with you. And he was like, I'm listening to the sports channel. And I was like, come back downstairs. Like, so we did. And he chilled with us for a little bit longer. And um, that was the last night that we ever got with him. The next morning. Ugh. I've shared with you guys Babbel before. I love Babbel because it is so easy and convenient to help you learn a new language. We have been doing so much more traveling over the last few years and we are unbelievably blessed, but I cannot tell you how embarrassing it is going to another country and not even knowing how to ask where the bathroom is, how to order food or where you're going. It is simple things or even a hello. I've shared with you guys that before that I had a TikTok video go viral because I didn't know how to say hello in Swedish and it was very embarrassing. So Babbel is absolutely phenomenal. I've shared them with you guys before they do have a human two code for you guys it is such a convenient course to help you learn even the basics or whatever extent you want to learn in a new language and that's why I love Babbel and that's why I want to share it with you guys if you guys are doing the traveling game like we're doing it is such a blessing to just be able to learn the basics and go further if you want to go further 
There is a limited time deal right now for Human 2 listeners. You're going to get 55% off your Babbel subscription, and this is only for our listeners. So you are going to go to babbel.com slash human2. That is babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash human2, and that's going to get you 55% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. People keep telling me that it's healthy to like talk through these things, but it's weird to say these things out loud, but I keep playing them like a movie nonstop in my head. So the next morning, my husband and I had the room downstairs. The main level didn't have any rooms. And then the upstairs had all the other bedrooms. So my dad and brother, my dad and the baby brother, so 21-year-old Andrew. So my dad and Andrew were sharing a bed. Um, my brother Will had his own bed. And my mom and my other younger brother Aaron were sharing a bed. And then my cousin Eric had ended up sleeping on the couch downstairs by Raphael's in my room. So... Some people are up, some people are down. I come upstairs from down and my husband had said that morning, he was like, no, stay in bed because my alarm went off at 7.15 and immediately, if you know anything about me, I am obsessed with like quality time and not saying like 100% of it, like yes, I love to be around, but that's not meaning I'm not going to touch my phone at all or ever be on, like be present 100% of the time. No, but I do like to be in the room and be as much present as possible. So especially on family vacations, I am like anal about everyone waking up early. Um, I love it. And that morning, my alarm went off at 7.15 and my husband was like, stay downstairs and like hang out a little bit, just like get some rest. And I was like, nope, I want to go see who's upstairs. So I told the whole, bo- like the whole house the night before, everybody needs to be up by 8 a.m. We were going to go paintballing that day. This is Monday, November 7th. And so my alarm went off at 7.15 and I immediately bolted out of bed. I brushed my teeth and I headed upstairs. And in the kitchen, like this, the space is like one big kitchen and one big living room. It's like a big open space. And my mom is in the kitchen and my dad is sitting on the couch and he was watching the news. And I came upstairs and the first thing I said to him, I said, Bill, why the fuck is the news on? And he goes... Um, something about voting. He's like, it's voting because the next day was voting day. And he was like, I want to see what the polls are at. And I'm like, we're in Colorado. What do you care about their polls? Like, he was like, oh, I don't know. And so I went, there's a mirror on the couch behind him. There's like this hallway and then a mirror on the couch or like behind the couch. And I was standing at that mirror and I looked in the mirror and I had said, I ate so much greasy crap last night. My lip filler is swollen. And my dad started dying laughing. Um, I really should find another word because dying laughing is not really that funny anymore. Anyways, so my dad started laughing 
And um, a couple of seconds went past. I grabbed a tissue because the altitude was kind of making my, not nose bleed, but it was making it um, like I was, you know, like when you wake up with like dried blood in your nose. I know that's a little bit TMI, but that was what was happening. And I grabbed a tissue. And as soon as I threw the tissue away, my dad was talking to me. I could not for the life of you. And I really wish I could. Oh, this is what he said. Um, Because I was still looking in the mirror with the tissue. And then he goes, are you still looking in the mirror? What do you got to look at for so long? And I just kind of like didn't say anything. And then he kept talking. But that's where I lost. Like, I don't know a single thing past that, like word wise that he had said. Because I turned around, I threw the tissue away, and my dad had his, like, feet up, kicked up on the ottoman, and he had a granola bar, and he w- he had just taken his first bite when I had walked upstairs, like, when I was saying something about the news, I watched him take his first bite of the granola bar, but when I was looking in the mirror, I wasn't paying attention to if he was continuing eating. I assume, again, now looking back, I don't think he was, because... He was talking to me, which tells, and he, and he didn't sound like he had stuff in his mouth. I'm very anal about kind of stuff like that. And if you chew with your mouth open, I, I recognize that stuff. But in those seconds where I had turned around, threw the tissue away, and he said something about me being in the mirror and then continued to talk, out of nowhere, he stopped talking. And I looked at him and his head was like seizing backwards. So his head was like hitting the back of the couch because it wasn't like a tall backed couch so he had his feet up on the ottoman and his probably his shoulder blades were hitting like the top of the couch so when he was throwing his neck back it was hitting like the top of the back of the couch and I immediately was like what the heck and I like scooped up his head under my left arm and as I was doing that I look over and I see his hands clenching like both hands were completely clenched and his head was still seizing. His body was seizing. Um, and I just, my mom was in the room and I just screamed for my mom. I said, call 911. Like, and all, like, my mom said in those couple seconds, she forgot how to work a phone. <laughs> and I just, I was staring at my dad dead in his face of just like, I was screaming at him so loudly. Just, I was like, dad, I'm here with you. What is happening? I just kept saying, what is happening? And my next instinct was my mom said, I think he's choking. That's what we thought. Okay, so for the next few seconds, I had still, I was still holding his head in my left arm. And I'm like, my mom's getting on with 911. And I'm just screaming bloody murder for my brothers. And I just kept saying my husband's name. I was like, Raphael! And I'm just screaming. And my dad has like a missing molar. And again, I'm thinking he is choking. So I'm trying to get my my fingers in each side of his mouth. And I'm th- digging my thumb through that open molar to kind of get his air. Because he's clenching his teeth. Like his mouth wouldn't open. His whole body was still seizing at this point. And um, uh, I get my thumb through finally. And he was just biting the hell out of my fingers. And I was digging my finger into the back of his esophagus trying to get anything out of his throat if that was what was happening. And finally, I get him to throw up. He threw up on my, like in my hand a little bit. And it was a little bit of granola, but it was not enough to, it was almost like a couple of pieces, but it was not enough to choke him. Um, so finally at this point, um, my husband has made it to the living room. My husband and my cousin made it first. 
and I'm screaming at them. I don't know what's happening. Get him up. Get him up. And they're like, because he's still sitting on the couch at this point. So my husband came from behind the couch trying to get under his shoulders to get him standing up. Both my cousin and I are trying to get him to stand up. And then my older brother had hit the room. And we're all trying to do the Heimlich on my dad because we think he's choking. And so during this next couple of seconds, we're just like, I'm just talking to my dad as if he's there. I'm like, I know you can hear us. What's going on? Um, and it's one of those moments where it's like you want so badly for them to answer you because it's like, what are we doing wrong? Like, what is going on? And um, my mom came booking it back in the room and she had gone outside to kind of get the address for the ambulance because we are in an Airbnb. We don't really know the address. And she comes back in and I just remember screaming again, bloody murder in my mom's face. I just kept saying, where are they? Where are they? And like my mom's on with 911 and they're telling us not to do CPR. So we finally lay my dad down on the ground and we put like a couch pillow under his head and finally a fire had made it first fire came first and they had asked us the questions what's happened has he on anything does he take anything does he drink um and we're answering no to all of this um which parts me is so thankful he didn't touch anything that weekend I mean drugs or I mean not drugs um drinking at all and like obviously Colorado weed is legal but like My dad doesn't touch any of that. He absolutely hates all that stuff. So I'm actually very thankful because we knew that there was nothing in his system. Um, so they, I don't even know what they were doing at that point because fire had just made it there. Ambulance then came and I was mainly focused on my two little brothers because they had never even, they came upstairs or downstairs because they were upstairs. They came downstairs and they didn't come like fully into the living room where my dad was. Parts of me at the time thought all of us were holding my dad. Come to find out afterwards, they never even really made it past like the dining room to get into the living room. They were just kind of watching from afar. And when I finally like got my thoughts together, I kind of walked over to them and was just checking on them and and their faces were just so... You, You get like this maternal instinct of wanting to protect them from that and just hold them and just like tell them that things are going to be okay even though you don't know so the next couple of minutes um Andrew and I so the baby and I kind of like were around the corner a little bit we didn't really want to watch what was going on and then I came back around the corner for a couple of seconds actually this is minutes past this at this point because the ambulance I looked up at their they have like, I don't know, the the things that they put on to restart a heart. It's no longer like those big pads where they're like, and they like clench people or whatever they do, zap people. That's not like that anymore. It was like these little square patches that they put on him and they were trying to get a heartbeat back. Um. Oh, back to when we were setting him down before anyone was even there. We had set my dad down and he had gasped one last time it was like his body was trying so hard to come back and I'll talk on that in a little bit but that one last gasp I think is what is killing all of us right now is that little piece of hope and when the ambulance was doing like the um, patches to get his heart revived like to get him back 
we had seen a little beat, like just a little wave on the heart thing. And I looked at the time of how long they had been trying to resuscitate him and they were at 19 minutes. So now looking back, um, I know he was gone before that, but they obviously couldn't tell us that until we got to the hospital. So they took my dad on the stretcher and they didn't turn the lights on. They didn't do the sirens. Again, that was another thing that should have told us. Parts of me wish they would have because we all wanted so badly that little glimpse of hope. Parts of me are happy they didn't do that because we didn't need that false glimpse of hope. But so we get to the hospital and um, well, as this is still happening, we have to call our stepmom. We have to call my stepmom, who's the, my younger brother's mom and my dad's wife of 20 plus years. And talk about a shitty freaking call. Um. I had called off my youngest brother's phone because my phone was over by my dad and she didn't answer. And so it had to come from my mom because finally my mom was able to get a hold of my stepmom. And parts of me are sad she didn't answer that call for the kids because I feel so sad that she didn't get to hear that from one of us and she had to hear it from my mom. Um... So we get to the hospital and um, we get to security, which mind you, we're in the ER and security there was so unbelievably rude. It's like disgusting. And if I wasn't in the mental state that I was in at that time, I probably would have not have been as nice. But as soon as we got there, they were just extremely rude. And um, I was like, okay, no big deal. Like at that point, none of us had the mental capacity to even argue with the lady so I just said, okay, no worries. And we we're like, um, they're like, you can't all go back there. And we we're like, okay, like, that's fine. Um, well, we're going to wait. And I don't know why. Oh, because my mom and my cousin were parking the car. So at this point in the hospital, it was only my four, like my the four of us kids and then my husband. And I wanted to wait for my cousin and my mom because I, inside I knew he was gone. Um, but I wasn't ready to hear that. And then the a nurse had came out and was like, one person can come in. And the boys kind of looked at me and were like, yeah, someone can go back there. Or like, you can go back there. So I go back and I get to like the nurse's station where you like check in to the ER. And they're like, who are you looking for? He's just like, why are you here? I was like, my dad's just been brought in by ambulance. Here's his name. They didn't have him in the system yet. And there was someone standing behind um, the nurse checking me in. And I had had my dad's wallet in my hands. And she said, can I see your, Can I see his ID? And I took it. Or I took it out and I handed it to her. And she just quietly was like, I'll be right back. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So another lady comes out. And she, her name was Jen. Um, it was on her sweater. And the way Jen walked up to me, I, I knew and she said, are you ready to go back there? And I said, no. I said, all of my siblings are here. And I know it's protocol to not let anyone back together, but I can't do this alone. And so she checked all of us in, all seven of us remaining. So the kids and my mom. And we all went back there and they put us in a room. And we were on with FaceTime with my stepmom so she could kind of hear everything that was going on. And a doctor came in and was like, or a nurse, I don't remember, but she was like, well, we have some unfortunate bad news for you guys. And she said, we think he went calmly. We don't think it was painful. 
Um, and we all just kind of didn't know what to say or do. Um, I looked at her and my exact words, you're fucking with us, right? And she just looked at us and I said, no, this would be some cruel joke our dad would play on us. And I, I know I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said anything, but it's just what came out at the time. And um, we had asked if there was someone who could pray, like whatever they do over the body, um, because that's what my dad would have wanted. My dad was extremely religious and he has a lot of faith. Um, so then we went back to the room and tell you what, when I tell you about, I, the memory that I keep playing over and over in my head is not my dad's happy, smiling face. It's the daunting and haunting one that I can't get out. And I don't think they prepare you for that. And I know I've heard a lot where people are like, I don't want to go into a hospital and see someone that. I don't want to remember them in that way, right? That was a, That's a very common saying that I hear a lot. And if that's an option that you have and that's something that you need, then so be it. Because parts of me keeps going back and forth of knowing. I know that I was there for a reason that morning. And I was one of the reasons that, like, there's a reason that I was able to talk to my dad that day. My heart breaks that none of my brothers got to say good morning. But so much of me is like, there's a reason it was me and I have to know that and I have to remember that. It sucks so bad, but I keep trying to think of if it were any of my other, if it were any of my siblings or say my mom was in the room alone with him, I wouldn't be able to live with myself knowing that that was what had happened. So I try really hard to just understand that there was a reason for it being me trying to figure it out but then the other parts of me is like the the things I can't unsee are are the things I experienced that morning going into a hospital room where your parent is yellow and cold um that's that's traumatizing I keep hearing the gurgles of him trying to catch his last few breaths I keep hearing and smelling the throw up that I got out of him I just keep seeing like his eyes that last morning I had watched him close his eyes while we were still on the couch and no one else was up there. I smacked his face to try and get him to... I didn't know what was going on. And those are the things that I can't get out of my head. And I know that like a trauma counselor eventually will help. Um, I'm really wanting to get through his funeral because that's a whole other story. He's not even home yet. It's a week and two days later and he's not even home. But anyways, um, so we hit the hospital room and it was all of us went in and I just lost it. That was where all of us kind of really started to think, holy fuck, our whole life is, our whole life just changed. And I just remember holding him and I made a joke because his mom's almost 95 years old and my dad was so funny, like he is so funny and my dad would make jokes at like the stupidest time and a lot of the time people would be like why would you even say that but I think it was his way of coping and I know I have that trait of his but I feel like I bite my tongue a lot better than he used to but I just said to him I said you lost to grandma you loser and then we all just kind of like sat there and said and did different things and 
held different parts of his body, just like holding his hand. And then I looked down and there was a little bit of blood on his gown. I don't know where the blood came from. I assume they were trying to intubate him with some sort of breathing mechanism in his chest because it was blood on his chest. It wasn't a lot, but there was a perfect heart. And if you've seen any of my videos or Instagram stories um, in the last week, then you saw that we all went to get tattoos and that was the heart that was on his hospital gown that a bunch of us had gotten. When I tell you it was almost like perfect, it was it was just like staring up at us. I just said out loud, I was like, of course there's a heart on his chest. <laughs> like that's so dad. Um and that was where it had hit me that my dad has been talking a lot about when my husband and I have a child, he really wanted to retire. Um and I'll be able to joke about that one day. Because we always used to say, like, Dad, we would never leave you with our kids. Like, when it's nap time for them, you would say it's nap time for you. And then they'd wake up and you'd still be asleep. Or snack time for them means snack time for you. Um, and that hit really, really, really hard in that hospital room. Um, that was where I had actually started screaming. Just like, this is not real. This is not real at all. <sighs> And my dad loved to do um, every, like, holiday. He would be like, okay, everyone go around the table and say what you're thankful for. Um, or any birthday, he'd be like, okay, go around the table and tell us every, like, tell us your favorite memory about Catherine or whomever's birthday it was. So while we were there, I just made all my brothers and my cousin and my husband go around the room and just say, like, what they were, whether they needed to say something to dad for one last time, whether they wanted to say a memory or a promise, anything along those lines. Um, so we all did that. And things that they don't prepare you for is leaving that room. They can prepare you all you want to walk in there and say, hey, like, here's what's going to look like. This is what, it, like, he had IVs in his legs. I don't know what they were trying to do. Um, but they had said that they were putting IVs in both of his knees. So they said, be prepared for seeing that. And like, he does have some blood. And they have, they prepare you for that stuff. But holy shit, they did not prepare you for leaving that room. Because that was where it really hit me. How do I leave him here? It's my dad. We have to now get on a flight home. Which, mind you, we weren't even supposed to be leaving that day. We still had a whole two days there. And... I called my best friend back home and I said, please get me on a flight. Like, please figure out flights. Like, we don't want to go back to this house. Like, but I can't physically, mentally deal with Delta right now, which Delta was absolutely amazing. I've flown Delta for years on end and they were so unbelievably accommodating. They got all seven of us back on a flight that exact afternoon. I don't know if that's their normal policy or if my best friend had to like convince them. I don't know what she did, but I am so thankful for her and I'm so thankful for Delta for them being just so accommodating. It didn't charge anything, nothing. Huge shout out to Delta there. This is not sponsored by any means. But um, anyways, so my best friend got us on a flight and leaving that hotel knowing like, okay, we're possibly going to be on a plane tonight. Because um, at this point, I had just asked her to switch our flights. I didn't even know if they were switched yet. But we're like, one, I don't want to, all of us were like, we don't want to go back to this house where our dad just passed in right in front of us. We also don't want to stay here another night. We also don't want our stepmom at home alone 
just chilling, just figuring out she lost her husband of 20 plus years. Like all these emotions were like, holy frick. And I just remember looking back at my dad. I was the last one to leave the hospital room and I just, you don't want to let go. You don't, even though it's like so morbid and weird to just be chilling with a, a body just laying there. It's like, I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to close that door. I didn't want to get in the car. I didn't want to drive away. And when I tell you that drive out of there, there was seven of us in our car and we were at a really busy hospital, dead silence. I took a video because the silence was so unbelievably loud. It was like screeching and the sun was so bright and the air was so crisp. It was like, it was like a dream almost. It really didn't even feel, it didn't even feel real. All right. It feels good to get all that kind of stuff out. I want to start talking about grief and just how, what a bitch. I'm so sorry for language, but what a bitch. It is so drowning at points. Then you're laughing and smiling and looking around happily and you're feeling weird for doing that. Um, and I'll talk, I'll obviously update my podcast um, notes and eventually one day talk more in depth about certain things I kind of want to go over. But the first week is so weird because I think your body still has shock. It still has denial. It still has adrenaline running through it. There's just a lot of things. And then you got to sit down and go through photos. And photos make you happy, but they make you sad. And then you got to go through readings and talking about what you're going to say and do here and who's invited. And, and it's just like, it's so overwhelming because you obviously want to put their body to rest because that's what they deserve. And and not to be disrespectful to any any loss of life but to move on we have to bury them that like our first step of moving on is putting them in the ground or cremating them whichever they choose but celebrating them has to be done before you can take your first step and unfortunately right now his body's still not home it's just been a disaster with Denver and it's been just such a buttload of stuff that my stepmom's had to deal with and And then you feel bad for that because there's so many things going on. And it's like, of course, on top of this, this is what's happening. Like, whatever. So, and people reach out and people, the people that have dropped off food, what blessings they've been. Um, I have had, at this point, I would say over 100,000 people reach out on social media. I did post it. And some people in my family were like, why'd you post so early? Were you ready? And I was like, honestly, No, but how do I ever just say, hey guys, thanks for loving my dad for the last two years with me. Thanks for like being part of all of our memories. I mean, I've had so many people comment on videos of my dad and I or put pictures and say, you guys have the relationship I I yearn for. You have a relationship with your dad I'm envious of. I've had people say, hey, I lost my dad. I love watching your dad. Like your dad's so funny. Your relationship's so close. And hearing those things, throughout the last two years of my life and then now it's like how do I not tell my like my I almost said my family online which is is what it feels like like how do I not tell my community that's loved my father like they love him and I feel like a lot of the times people follow me for my dad which is fine I love that they loved him more than me but I felt like my grasp 
for normality was turning into social media because that's what I've always done. That's how my platform's gotten to where it's gotten is because I just post what's real. I post joking around with my dad. I post the days that he would call me and and bug me. I post when he would text me randomly because he was checking my location and he wanted me to pick up food where I was at and I didn't even tell him I was going out to eat or I post the jokes or whatever. I posted it all. So it felt weird not sharing. Um, But then so many people started reaching out and saying how they felt for me and with me and started sharing their own stories. And I thought, holy crap. I've never lost someone this close to me. I mean, I've lost grandparents, but um, not, not any that I was extremely close with. I mean, my dad's mom, who's still living, is the closest grandparent that I have that, um, that isn't gone yet, and my stepmom's parents. So the, the grandparents I was closest with, I haven't lost yet. Um, so my dad's my number one, my first one, and God, I really just didn't think it would be him. But where I was going with this is it's just like, I hurt so bad inside knowing that like I'm going through this but also people understand and relate to this how shitty to know that I'm not alone I love to know that I'm not alone this is a wonderful thing saying like I have people behind me that support me and understand how it feels but at the same time I feel even more sad I was talking to my husband he was like is there anything I can do for you and I was like I'm so thankful you don't know what this feels like I love that you don't know what this feels like because he hasn't lost either of his parents yet. And his parents, I believe, were older than my parents. I think I know for sure his dad was. I don't know if his mom is. I don't think his mom is. But um, it's one of those feelings of like, I'm so thankful you don't relate. But also, it's so difficult talking to you because you don't understand. And he was very close with my dad. He was, he is extremely, extremely distraught by this. And my husband is one of those people that he's just a straight angel. But I think being there and knowing that I was screaming his name first because he has that little bit of training of what to know and do in an emergency situation like that. But I mean, a lot of us in the room knew CPR, but we couldn't do it because the 911 operator was telling us not to. She was telling us not to because we all were saying that he was choking. So obviously, why would you be doing CPR on someone that's choking? So it was our error. Um, But parts of us really wish that we would have done CPR knowing damn well we should have. Especially coming to find out the cause of death was um, cardiac arrest. And what a thief. Cardiac arrest is just something I, I don't know. I don't know if he's been feeling cruddy for the last few weeks and didn't say something. I don't know if he was having many heart attacks throughout the whole weekend and we just didn't really realize. So much guilt kicks in of like, did he, did this happen here because we were at such a high altitude that his body couldn't handle? Um, Again, I'm so thankful no drugs or alcohol was in his system. And drugs, I mean weed. Um, He wouldn't ever touch anything. He doesn't even like weed. I've already said this. But I'm glad that there was nothing in his system. So we know that it wasn't like anything along those lines. Um, But yeah, it just really sucks. I miss him more than absolutely anything in this world. I'm jealous because I spent most of my life in Florida. And I just started getting really close with him the last few years. So it almost feels like... 
parts of me is like, why did I get so, I was angry with myself because, um, I wish almost I didn't have a close relationship because it makes it harder. And then I go into, I'm so thankful that him and I were so close because those are memories that I have forever. Um, I love that I record him every single second. I love that he was the funny one and I wanted to record him. I'm just thankful of the moments and memories I do have, but it's really hard right now. Um, I can't sleep because, like I said, everything I just kind of walked you guys through. I mean, watching his face turn from normal to red to purple to blue, then seeing it yellow. It's like, God, I just saw the rainbow all over my dad's face. Like, never thought I'd see that. There's just a lot of thoughts that are still, like, going through and I'm working through. We'll get there. Um, As I was recording this, my stepmom just texted us and told us that he will be flown home tomorrow. So the day that this gets posted, he will be on his way home. So at least that's step one in planning his funeral is making sure he's there for it. (laughs) I think it's kind of humorous because Bill was always on time for everything until he didn't want to go to something. And I think that's the hardest part through all of this is of all people I've ever met in my entire life, my dad loves life. Um, He's so, he's just so in tune with it. He just loves us kids. He loved living. He loved it so much. And I know he wasn't ready to go the first few days um, when we got back to Minnesota. It was just pouring rain. And then it was misty. And then it was cloudy and then it turned to snow um so I just know and I just felt like that was him crying with us you know and now that it's snowing I mean within five days literally we got home it was rainy cold cloudy and then snow so that's another really weird thing that it's like it's almost like a a whole season like out of nowhere last week it was fall this week it's it's snowing so that's another thing where we're just kind of like in our head of like this feels weird this feels wrong um It almost feels like he's been gone a whole season, but he hasn't. It's only been a week and two days. Um, But yeah, going through his things feels weird. Um, Going through his car. We have to sell his car. And oh my God, when you get in his car, it smells just like him. My little brother and I went in there the other day because we were looking for something and we were sitting in there and both of us just said it's going to be such a hard sell to sell this car because... Smells just like him. Anyways, I'm going to wrap this up for the afternoon. Um, I wanted to say thank you. I have received, like I've said, hundreds of thousands of comments, DMs, messages, non, non, non-stop. Um, and it's been such a blessing. So I want to say thank you for that. I am still not at the mental capacity of responding to those. I want to respond to each and every single one along the lines one day down the road. Um, but right now I just can't. I have seen almost every single one. I want everyone to know that, that they've been seen. We weren't originally going to do a GoFundMe, but um, there were so many followers that were like, hey, we would love to contribute. And we were like, and I would respond back, we don't need it. Like, we appreciate it. Thank you. And they're like, I understand you don't need it, but I want to do this. So I did open the GoFundMe. Um, I just, I can't even believe that there's been people that have put money out there towards our family. Um, Under my understanding, I don't know, but 
my my stepmom said that his funeral has been taken care of. Um, so any money that is coming through is going to repay her for the funeral and or go to any of the expenses that might be coming in the next few months since my dad's income is no longer um, going to be coming in. What else? Um, people want to know about flowers as soon as we know. Again, like I just said, um, we just heard that his body will be back tomorrow. So I don't know when the funeral will be, but as soon as we know, I will post. I've been posting nonstop on Instagram and TikTok, um, primarily on Instagram because it's easiest to just post quickly um, versus a TikTok. I feel like talking is kind of hard right now, like when I'm looking at myself in a camera. <laughs> But Hadley's barking, um, so I need to wrap this up anyways. Um, I just want to say thank you, times a trillion. Thank you for being here. I'm so, so sorry to anyone that knows this pain I'm feeling. I'm so blessed to have this community. I cannot even begin to tell you. Um, and if you've lost somebody, I really, really hope you know that you're not alone. And we'll talk a little bit more about grief um, in the next few weeks. And the other funny part, sorry, the funny part that I had just thought of is I was designing dad's teeny time merch before his passing. <laughs> and as we were sitting at the funeral home last week, originally planning for his funeral details, um, I got the approval that teeny time merch is done. So that is so comical because he was so excited to see his face on a shirt. So those will be coming out as well sometime soon. I just want everyone to just take a deep breath me included. And just remember that we are all human. Bye besties.